Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer America. Other people, my friends, I'm just trying to save you some money. My job is to entertain, but really to explain, okay? So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. I get it. Nobody ever wants to give up their gains. You don't want to watch Meta Platforms do a U-turn and surrender everything it made after that magnificent quarter. Sell, sell, sell. You don't want to see Walmart soar and then repeal the whole move after an amazing quarter, no less. It is agonizing to witness AMD give up a quick 25 points when their future seems so bright. But sometimes you have no choice, and I think this is actually one of those times. We just had another bad day. Dow lost 291 points. S&P shed 0.77%. NASDAQ tumbled 1.17%. Boy, did it get ugly at the close. What do you do at moments like this? Rather than trying to trade in and out, selling everything and then trying to buy it all back at lower levels, I think you need to learn how to ride out these moments. Unless stocks aren't for you. See, I think if you're patient, I believe you'll do better sticking with stocks rather than hiding out in treasuries, even now that they even have much more generous yields than they did a year ago. So let's start with the key word here, and that word is patience. Now, two weeks ago, we had the eminent market historian and technician Larry Williams in studio for Chart Week, and he made it very clear that August would be a tough month. It was a pretty good call. He didn't even want to sound the all clear in September because he thinks the first 12 days will also be tough. After that, though, he says the bull market should resume. Larry said patience was warranted. He called it the P word because this sell-off will likely end. So you have to sit on your hands while stocks retreat. Sure, you can get out, go put your money in the 10-year where you get 4.3% risk-free, but I think you can do much better by sticking with stocks for the long term. Does patience make sense for everything? Of course not. But as I told members of the CNBC Investing Club at our monthly session today, if you like your stocks and you like the fundamentals and they're not hurt by a rapid rate increase, that does matter, by the way, you should be thinking about buying them into this dip when the market gets really oversold, not selling them. Second reason to stick with the market, I'm going to introduce a concept that's a little bit ethereal. The concept of rain. Hey, we accept that there are always going to be rainy days, don't we? market has weather, too. Sell-offs are rainy days. They're no fun. But they're also necessary for stocks to go higher long term because they shake out the weak hands. They allow the stocks to grow. 
So I'm urging you to accept the pullback the same way you would accept the weather. Stop looking at your positions every day. If it helps, do that. Silly? Hey, I'll use any analogy if it helps, and not just because I have been a gardener for three decades. Next, not that long ago, I took a look at a video of the flash crash back in 2010, where I came on our air and said the sudden 1,000-point decline for the Dow was just the stock market breaking down, not anything fundamental, and the market was breaking down because it could have handled the orders. I was right. The market broke for a moment, and it turned out to be an amazing buying opportunity. As I looked over the video from 2010, though, I found myself mesmerized by entirely something else, by what's known as the ticker underneath the picture. You can see that. The ticker, which holds the price of stocks. As those stocks passed, I noticed the dramatic gains that most stocks have made since that happened in 2010. Oh, there were losers that were trading, too. They were very few and far between. Even Intel, the relatively pathetic semiconductor stock, is up since 2010. But I was more caught up in watching block after block of a company called Intuit, the small business service software company. It was, it, it was really incredible. It just kept... Right. It, it, it just kept coming by until it now trades at 486. But, well, it, in, it, it was in the 40s when I saw it. Yeah, in the 40s. Now, in the interim from when it was in the 40s, what did I see? I saw a swoon from 107 to 79 in August of 2015. Buy. There was a decline from 231 to 182 at the end of 2018. Buy. And a 306 to 187 beatdown when COVID hit in 2020. Buy. Intuit's experiencing a dive right now, too, selling off from 716 to just under 340 at its lows for turning around to 486 right now. I know Intuit had a hiccup in one of its earnings lines to justify somewhat of a sell-off here, and it just lost one of its best people, Alex Chris, who headed up the small business and self-employed group. He's now taking over as the new CEO of PayPal. But Intuit's doing so well that I'd rather think forward than backward. I bet it's a viable blip just like the others. Can you imagine owning this phenomenal long-term winner then getting spooked out at selling it at 100 or 200 or 300 or 400 each time just to avoid the short-term pain in the house of pain? The house of pain. In the stay in the house of pain? Now, it's only natural to want to avoid pain. Each time you could have held out in bonds rather than sticking around into it, although the yields were much worse back then. But you can see how little you really make in bonds versus some random high-quality growth stock that happened to have its ticker symbol come by during the clip I saw. This thing's going from 35 to 486, for heaven's sake. You would have been better off riding out the downturns rather than trying to get cute swapping in and out. Still, the dispiriting nature of a day like today, which opens fine and then cascades, it's not lost on me or you. I watched the market being, uh, begin to pirouette down hard while Jeff Marks and I were running the monthly noon investing club meeting. I had to fight the urge to say, look, this thing's going down today, so you better get out and maybe come back at better prices. I could intuit, so to speak, that today would have some heartbreak, in part because of the viciousness of a couple of stocks. The viciousness with, with the stock of drugstore and healthcare uh, company CVS was manhandled. When its pharmacy benefit manager subsidiary Caremark lost a big Blue Shield contract to Amazon and a healthcare cost containment company run by Mark Cuban. CVS reaffirmed its earnings forecast midday, but that was a little comfort. Now, I also saw how Walmart stock got absolutely clobbered on more really excellent earnings. It was obvious to me that these were terrible omens for the day. Sell, buy, sell, buy. Of course, I wanted to say just get back in at a lower level. But I know better that that's very, very hard to do. Think of it like this. 
I can't tell you what's going to happen to CVS. I don't like that stock. I have them for a long time. And that's because I get the creeps when I go there because I need to call for help every time I want to get any name brand product from out of a blind lock and key. I used to stop by doing, uh, during work to pick up what I needed from, uh, for home. But now I just order from Amazon before I leave my home. And there it is, faster, less aggravating when I get home. CVS now is a horrendous business model compared to Amazon. But how about the Walmart? All right, I figure the analysts will rally behind it and raise the price targets tomorrow because that's pretty much what they always do. But let's go back to that intuit situation. Do you think I can even recall what happened that caused each of those vicious swoons over the past 13 years? Did something go wrong at the company? Did interest rates jump up as they did today? Did some rival product come and go? I have no idea. All I know is that there were plenty of days like today during the last 13 years, and each one of them could have been a great moment to sell into it, but only if you were able to get back in at a lower level. Unfortunately, again, I think the vast majority of you couldn't do it. I know I couldn't. Bottom line, I don't want you sacrificing huge potential gains like Intuit on the order of perceived safety, because when you look back, trying to sidestep these relatively small declines tends to give you worse returns than simply staying the course and riding out that rainstorm. Let's go to Peter in New York. Peter. Hi, Jim. How you doing? A big booyah from New York. Thank you, My Peter. Family, What's going we're on? big fans of yours. Thank you. Now that everyone is traveling again, why is Airbnb continuing to go down? Well, that's because, Peter, people, I'll tell you why. Because people aren't smart. This is a stock that has had repeated breakdowns. And I've been recommending the stock after every single uh, breakdown because Brian Chesky, the CEO, it is a great operator and they have a great app. And I am with you, Peter. I think that when we get really oversold, Airbnb is a buy. David in California. David. Hey, Mr. Kramer. I've been watching your show for two decades, and I just retired from Cal Poly. I have a question for you. Yes. I own two stocks in my IRA account that I would call safe stocks with pricing power, pay decent dividends. They sell similar products, similar PE ratios. However, one has better earnings, higher margins, and less debt, but the other is about to split into two companies. So I'm wondering what you think. The companies are Kellogg and General Mills. All right. I think that General Mills is an amazing company, and they've done a lot of stuff to be able to diversify away from pure food, including buying Blue Buff, which was a brilliant move. And I say that as a dog owner. Uh, Kellogg, I think we got to see how those different pieces work. Let's give that one some time. Let's stick with General Mills. And thank you for Camp Hollywood. That was great. Let's go to Doug in Tennessee. Doug. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I am doing well, Doug. What's happening? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot, my friend. Love what you do. Love what thank you, you do. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. My question, Jim, is about the sustainability and profitability of Carvana uh, stock moving forward. Last quarter, you know, they posted a 40% higher per car sold profit, and still we're in the red. Well, I got to tell you something, Doug. I think you're right to be... uh find the situation problematic. Right now, there's a really good article in Automotive News saying that the car dealers have way too much inventory, and that is very, very worrisome to me, and it's been a great way. You made a lot of money in Carvana. I think it's time to ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Right now, it might feel like one of those times where it would be just so great to get out of the market, avoid the losses, but maybe staying patient here will pay off down the road. On Mad Tonight, as we just discussed, today's tape was miserable, and I see rates going higher. I'm not blind to this stuff. So should investors turn to a company like Realty Income, which also goes by the monthly dividend company to ride out the turbulence? I'm seeing if this could be the stock for you. 
talking to the CEO, of course. Then earlier, we held our monthly meeting for subscribers to the CNBC Investing Club. We had too many incredibly great questions sent in by club members that we decided to answer some of them tonight. And you will not want to miss my interview with a company I've tried to have on for 18 years. And that's Cintas. Yes, it's got the finger on the pulse of two important sectors, small and medium-sized business in the service industry, the backbone of our nation. And I'm checking in on the state of both of them with the company's top brass. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. we do with the higher dividend stocks that have been crushed by renewed bond market competition as long-term treasuries have soared in recent weeks, and they've done that very quickly. Consider the case of Real Income, the real estate investment trust company I like because it owns more than 13,000 commercial properties across the country, including a lot of retail. Realty Income's claim to fame is that they're they pay their dividends on a monthly basis, which is another reason why I really like them. Uh, right now, the stock yields 5.4%. But this is a tough environment for them, given the bond market competition. Uh, I think that's why the stock has pulled back more than 5% since Realty Income reported a solid set of numbers just over two weeks ago. Then again, I like the underlying business here because their top tenants tend to be convenience stores, grocery stores, dollar stores. They're insulated against the slowdown. So is this one come down enough to be enticing? 
Let's take a closer look with Sumit Roy. He's the president and CEO of Real Need. I'll find out more about where his company's headed. Mr. Roy, welcome back to Man Money. It's my pleasure, Jim. Thank you for having me. Okay, so this, people see the stock go down, and everyone's just talking about how quickly interest rates have gone up. And I think some people probably say, well, you know what? That could cause a real problem for realty incomes tenants. Could you explain to people why a very super fast rate hike still doesn't mean anything uh, to your actual bottom line? Yeah, it's my pleasure, Jim. Um, and like you said in your intro remarks, uh, if you look at the actual constituents of uh, who forms the, the revenue line in our, in our P&L, it's largely companies and industries that you mentioned. You know, it's dollar stores, convenience stores, drug stores, and grocery. They represent more than 30% of our revenue uh, uh, line. And uh, if you look at the makeup of those businesses, they are largely uh, insulated from what is happening in the higher interest rate environment, especially if you look at the actual operators within those industries that we are exposed to. They happen to be companies like Walmart, Kroger, uh, 7-Eleven, uh, Dollar General. And those, those businesses tend to actually do quite well in, in uh, an environment like the one that we find ourselves in. If you go beyond the makeup uh, and, and you look at our balance sheet, it is as strong as it's ever been. Uh, we are an A minus A3 rated business. And yes, our, our cost of capital and more specifically a cost of debt has gone up vis-a-vis uh, -vis others. But if you look at the overall competition, we've gone up a lot less than, than others. And so we are able to continue to execute on our, on our business model and continue to be viewed as a defensive company uh, that most have associated with realty income. And just a few days ago on Tuesday, I believe it was, we declared our 638 consecutive monthly Incredible. dividend. Incredible. Well, let me uh, ask you, there'll be people who say, Jim, I know you're behind this one, uh, but these higher rates are going to hurt all the tenants. So there probably are defaults and there are probably people who are pulling out. But that's not the case, is it? Not, not for our MIC uh, portfolio, Jim. Uh, and like you said, we reported our earnings just a couple of weeks ago. We have a 99% occupancy number, which is the highest level it's been in the last 20 years. Uh, if you look at our credit watch list, which we, we monitor very closely, it's at 3.7%, which is, again, the lowest it's been in the last five years. So some of this is obviously intentional. It's the way we've gone about creating the portfolio. And, and uh, that's why we feel very confident that despite what you see happening in the broader uh, economy, we feel very insulated uh, from, from that. Now, you have take, uh, put on some uh, sale leasebacks, including one giant sale leaseback in, in, the, uh, in the gambling area. Uh, are you feeling confident that these will work out? I think so. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm very confident that it will. In fact, there's a, there's a backdrop to all of this that is very interesting for our business, Jim. Uh, if you look at, you know, and we looked at about 300 companies in the S&P 500 um, that have about $1.6 trillion of real estate sitting on their balance sheet. And these are businesses that are not in the real estate business. Uh, and if you look at their same balance sheets, they've got about $1.2 billion of debt that is coming due through 2028. And so you compare the refinancing that these companies will have to consider, and you compare that to the sale leaseback product uh, that is an alternative source of financing for these companies, and suddenly our product uh, starts to look uh, very compelling. So yes, I think uh, this is a beginning of a trend. Uh, we did the, the, the transaction that you mentioned with 
Wynn Resorts, uh, when we bought their Encore uh, asset in Boston for $1.7 billion. We did another very large sale lease back in the second quarter uh, with EG Group, uh, largely convenience stores, actually all convenience stores, largely uh, located in the north, uh, northeast. Uh, these are very high quality assets, and that was a $1.5 billion sale lease back. And I believe you're going to continue to see this trend in the near term and beyond. Now, I know you, you talked about how you, you're constantly looking at the creditors you just mentioned. Uh, you took on some, some uh, medical clients. Uh, some doctors in a box, I guess some people call. That's what Stephen King said in his most recent novel. I like that. Uh, and you like that. You like their. You like that credit. You think they do well? I think they're going to do well because, again, I feel like how healthcare is going to be delivered to the consumer that too is going through a change. Um, you know, the traditional form of delivery, where you know you immediately go to the hospital when you have an emergency need, etc. Those models have, have obviously resulted in very expensive, uh, you know, uh, delivery of healthcare. We believe that the new model is going to have some semblance of concepts that are going to be closer to the consumer base. And that is an area that we are very focused on, on participating in. And it's very much aligned with, you know, the locations that we are very comfortable with, retail locations that, that tend to be closer to the consumer. And if you look at some of our, our, our larger exposures like CVS and Walgreens, and, and even if you listen to, to um, you know, some of the healthcare providers like, like Tenet, et cetera, and you listen to what their CEOs are saying, it is very much aligned with what I'm suggesting here. And so if we could be the one-stop shop uh, from a real estate perspective for some of these concepts, I do think that that will be the model of the future. I think you're right. Uh, one last question. Are you working hand in hand with your retail customers to try to figure out a way to uh, to stop or slow down some of the pilferage? Because we're hearing about so much stealing one of these retailers when they report. And I know that someone like you would offer very common sense ideas. Maybe you can help them. Yeah, I think I think the problem is is beyond just the operators. It's it's the it's the laws that we have to take a look at. But we are also very, you know, very focused on that piece. And we're trying to make sure that we're positioning ourselves in locations where, you know, you have you have a complete balance of, of things that will allow for those shrinkages, if you will, uh, continue to dwindle down. Um, but that is that is certainly a problem that we're keeping a close eye on. All right. Well, I'm sure you're, as always, respectful of your clients and trying to make everything work. Uh, and once again, you pay a monthly dividend, which is what people really love. So many of my friends that I put, who have watched the show are so grateful for what you do. That's Sumit Roy, the president and CEO of Realty Income. Uh, go look at all their customers. Just look at how diversified they are, and you'll know why I think it's terrific. Thank you, Sumit. Good to see you. Thank you very much, Jim. They have money's back here to the break. Coming up. Kramer took your questions on today's CNBC Investing Club monthly meeting, but he's so nice, we're doing it twice. Mail call next. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, 
No one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Today, our investing club held our monthly meeting. Oh, I love it. Where my colleague Jeff Marks and I go through our thought process for the club, discuss our current holdings, take some member questions. It's one of my favorite things to do, and we always have more questions than we have time. And that's why I thought we'd take some of the leftover ones here tonight, give you a taste of what our monthly meetings are like. Now, look, if you're not a part of the club and want to be, and I sure hope you'll be part of it, you can open the camera on your phone and scan the QR code behind me to become a member. Or you go to cnbc.com slash investing club, one word, of course. So first up, we're taking a question from Mark, who asks, how does one determine when to violate the cost basis and buy more of a stock that has dropped considerably but is still above their cost basis? For example, Palo Alto Networks, PANW. Thanks so much, the investment. Club is awesome. You're too nice, Morgan. Now, let me just say something. I don't like to violate my basis, period. And when I do, I've only done it a couple of times. Uh, I don't usually like doing it. It's too risky. Uh, in, in a case like Palo Alto, which has come down a lot, it is tempting to buy some. But what I would like to do is actually see the quarter rather than just say, you know what? I'm going to buy some ahead of the Friday quarter and hope I do well. I'll see the quarter. And if the stock gets hit anyway because of the market and it's a nice opportunity, then I might violate my cost basis. But it's very rare that I do it. Next up, we're taking a question from Cliff in South Carolina, who asked for defense stocks. Do you recommend Lockheed Martin, L3 Harris, RTX? Uh, our environment, Northrop Grumman. Well, you know what? We just did a piece profiling uh, why we liked L3 Harris. So you can go back to that on CNBC.com and take a look. You know I've been a long-term fan of RTX. Just yesterday in the lightning round, I mentioned I think it's been punished enough for the problem it has with engines. And Greg Hayes does a very, very good job. Lockheed Martin has been very well run, and I think in many ways is the most consistent. Uh, we like Takelet very much. We like him from American Tower. So all three of those are the ones I like. Now let's go to Brian, who asks, what's the best way to scale into a stock like Eli Lilly or NVIDIA, where you miss the big move or have a small position, one to add even though you're above your entry point? No, 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 no. You have to say you missed it. And you have to say the stocks are going to go down very big. I think between 15 and 20 percent from the high is where I would buy either one of those. And the reason I say that is these are special stocks and they've met big, big moves. So I'm not itching to tell you to be in them unless they come down very hard, which they might do. Now, I don't think so, but they might do it. Sometimes you have to say I missed it. Now, let's take a question from Heather, who asks, from what I understand, the thesis for buying Stanley Black & Decker is the increase of the DIY home improvement projects. My question is, why not buy Home Depot instead of Stanley Black & Decker? Actually, it's not DIY that we like it for. It's the professional. It's the DeWalt brand. And that did very well, we believe, because they didn't break it out in Home Depot. You're absolutely right. Why not Home Depot? Okay, Stanley Black & Decker is doing a really terrific restructuring. It has 
has a three and a half percent yield. Uh, and I like it very much. I like the business of remodel. And that is a remodel play. But Home Depot had a terrific quarter. So I'm never going to fight anyone who wants to buy Home Depot. We already own Costco. And that's our one of our retailers. And we own Amazon and we own TJX. We didn't feel like we needed any more retail exposure. But I like that Home Depot quarter. Next up, let's go to Michael in Utah who asks, Jim, when you do your homework on an unfamiliar stock, what does your process look like when you're doing research? What are some tools and methods you use? Okay, so I start literally looking at the website. That's a great place to start because you want to learn, it says, what a product it does, what they believe in, what their ethos is, who they are. I like all that, all one place. And then I go to the most recent conference call, and I read through that. And then sometimes I read the one before that to see if there's any improvement. And after that, I actually literally Google I Google to see news stories. Very simple. You can do that, too. And then only finally, after I've done all that work, do I look at Wall Street Research to see what their judgments are, because I don't want their judgments to influence my thinking, which I think that is, frankly, not to be too proud. Everybody's good or better than what they're thinking. I've been doing it for a long time. Next up, we have Rosemary. Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary, sorry, in New York, who asked, do you think that the stocks benefiting from the IRA have the benefits of this program already baked in their stock price or is there still opportunity? Many of them have their price been baked in. Absolutely. But the market's been coming down. And as the market's coming down, is giving you a chance to be able to buy in for all that money that's coming next year. We own Caterpillar for that reason. Uh, Martin Marietta Materials is, is a company that can do well. Vulcan Materials is a company that can do well. Those are three that I think I like for it. And you might want to look at Jacobs. They do well. And also Sterling. Those are my recommendations. Now let's go to William in Florida, who asks, I own shares of Carnival that are underwater. Should I hold or sell? I don't care where you bought something. I care where it's going to. Where you bought it is irrelevant to me. I white out the basis every day to see how I can think clearly. Carnival is not my favorite. The one that is my favorite is Royal. Uh, right now, and boy, I'll tell you, it would have been Norwegian, but Frank Del Rio retired, and so I'm now more partial to Royal. Last up, we're taking a question from Burke, who asks, Hi, what are your thoughts concerning REITs? I have invested in them for a number of years and have reaped great dividends many times after reading expert reports of the doom and gloom. I have sold them. Later, I wish I had kept them. Yeah, cheers. I agree with you. Now, realty income, we have uh, letter O, monthly stream. Fantastic. Matt Horwey, my writing partner, is investigating thing nine ways a Sunday. Of course, we speak with the CEO, and I think that that's a great one to own. I happen to like Don Wood, who runs Federal Realty. A lot of people are betting against shopping centers. I think that's a big mistake. He's done a very good job, but it is case by case. I've given you two. I don't really want to give you that many more other than Tanger, I think, is doing very, very well. SKT, they've got a terrific business model. Mad Money will be back. Thank you for the questions. After the break. After the break, is this stock suited up for success? Dress for the job you have when we return. trying to figure out if the economy's running too hot or not hot enough. But if you want a clear read on the situation in this economy, you need some insight into what's happening with the 
bedrock of the U.S. economy, the small and medium-sized businesses. And, you know, I always tell you, that is the backbone of our country. Which brings me to Cintas, and that's the company you go to when you need to buy around uniforms for your employees, as well as things like restroom supplies, first aid safety, really important, fire protection, really important, cleaning products. Here's a stock that's been an incredible long-term performer, long my fave, now pulled back 7% from its high, so you better listen up, because this is maybe the opportunity. I haven't seen it down this much after a great quarter, too, in mid-July. But most important, nobody understands small and medium-sized businesses better than Cintas. So what do they see and what do they do? Let's talk with Todd Schneider. He's the president CEO of Cintas. Get a read on what's happening. So exciting. First interview. Mr. Schneider, welcome to Mad Money. Well, thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, uh, we do have a pretty good read on, on business out in uh, North America. You know, we, uh, uh, we service a wide breadth of customers, everything from a two-person shop in, on Main Street, USA, to a multi, uh, multi-location national account that would be a, a household name to you. So you name it, we've got it. Well, how many, how many companies do you think that you, you have under your belt? We have over a million business customers, and we have uh, 44,000 employee partners that service those million business customers. Every morning, we have 12,000 trucks that roll out of our parking lots and take care of those millions of customers. We see them everywhere. Customers. It's amazing. I hope they're really clean, Always. operating safely, well-maintained. And what's exciting about this is uh, our, our locations, our partners, take care of our customers, and they help them. They help those customers. We call it get ready for the work day. And they help them with things like image, safety, cleanliness, and compliance. And as a result of that, where we are today is we're the largest provider of rental workwear in North America. We're the largest provider of van-delivered first aid products in North America. We're one of the largest fire services companies in the entire country. Well, what are your customers saying? Are they worried? You know, the, the rate increase has been very rapid. No one has a million customers. You have to give us a sense of what they're saying. Yeah, as I mentioned, um, uh, you name it, we've got it. So uh, what we hear from our customers, and by the way, we're in our customers every single week. So we've got eyes, we've got ears, we've got minds that are helping those customers. And what we're hearing from them is, you know, business is still good. How is that possible? They raise rates endlessly. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no doubt that. And and I care about uh, how interest rates, where they are. And and the reason, main reason I care because we have, as you know, a pristine balance sheet. Right. What I'm mostly interested in is how it affects my customers. Right. And, uh, and we have such a wide breadth of customers. Some are doing incredibly well. Some are struggling. Some are, right. some are trying to find the best people still and struggling with employment. Really? Still? They still are. You know, still trying to find the best people is challenging. And, uh, but we've got some that are flourishing, some that are challenged, and uh, you kind of, you name it. You so it's, it. is that a different mosaic than a couple of years ago? I mean, that, is it tougher now? Certainly the employment market is easier, but still okay. not easy. It's okay. still a challenge to find good people. Uh, and we're seeing that with our but customers. you, because of your unique position, might know if people are still expanding or are they worried about expanding? What's the tenor? Yeah, the tenor is uh, it depends upon your industry, it yeah. depends upon your geography. Uh, but in general, uh, things are still, uh, we see good momentum in the marketplace. That's amazing. And industrial, you see good momentum. Oil and gas, these are all places that you're seeing good growth. Yes. And, you know, we service, I mentioned a, a million business customers every week. Right. But there's 16 million businesses in North America. So we think there's incredible runway available to us to grow our business. And here's what I know is this. Once we go from a million customers to two million customers, 
There's probably going to be more than 16 you million businesses. You think that's possible? Yeah, for sure it's possible. That's yeah. exciting. So got good momentum, and uh, that's very exciting for us. Well, I, I've run some businesses, and we know that, uh, just for a second, I know the uniform business is great, but this first aid business, there's a box that you have. And I look at it, and I've always told employees, if you get that box, the insurance companies are going to say, you know what? They had Cintas. It's the gold standard. They did the right thing. The fire department says the same thing. It is different from the others. People like to see that. It's a badge. It's a, a, it's a good housekeeping seal of approval is the way I look at it. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, we like to talk about helping our customers open their doors with confidence. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to safety, whether it is uh, first aid products, uh, AEDs, uh, 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 clean water, uh, um, eye wash stations, those types of things, but certainly fire service items. Uh, uh, we talk to our customers and we ask them, hey, what's more important to you than the health and safety of your people? And they tell us nothing. There's nothing more important. Are there other adjacencies that you're thinking right now that you've got customers who like you? And I know that They're, they probably have other things that they'd actually like you to be bringing to them. Yeah, Jim, part of our corporate culture, which we believe is our absolute number one competitive advantage, is we don't believe the answer is at our desks. We don't believe the answer is at our corporate headquarters. We think the answer is out with our customers and with our employee partners. So we get out and we travel and we talk to them. We say, you know, what are you struggling with? What do you need? What what voids could we fill? And uh, we we learn. We get better from that. And uh, uh, so we're always in search of another product extension another business extension, service extension. Um, but we don't need that. We don't right. need it, but we're always in search of it because there's such a great opportunity where we are. Absolutely. Now, uh, a lot of times I get a call for, about you from the lightning round. I've done many profiles of yeah. your company. And what I've always felt was in good and bad times, you still seem to do pretty well. You're one of the, one of the most consistent companies in the country. How are you able to be that way? Well, part of it is our corporate culture. Uh, you know, we've grown our sales and profits in 52 of the last 54 years. Incredible. You know, uh, 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 I don't know anyone else has that record, frankly. It, it's impressive, and we're very, very proud of it. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we're going to be celebrating our 40th anniversary of being a public company. We've raised our dividend every year since we went public, uh, since 1983. And last year we raised it 17%. So we're very proud of that. Uh, and, 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 but our culture is such that we're constantly innovating. We find that the status quo is completely unacceptable. Right. Uh, we're really successful, but um, we feel like if we're standing still, we're going to get past. So let's keep moving. Well, look, uh, when I say that I want you to own consistent companies, it's on days like today, you have to think about a company like Cintas. It is, you're going to look back and say, what was that blip that allowed me to get it such a good price? That's Todd Schneider. He's president and CEO of Cintas. The symbol is TTAS. Anyone who's watched this show over the last 18 years knows that this has been my small business choice. That for if you want a company that's consistent, they have money's back at this point. Coming up, Kramer wants to hear from you. Your calls on the thunderous lightning round. Next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. Control this for Apple's and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski? That's over the right now. Everybody, let's start with Dave in Illinois. Dave! Dr. Kramer, my mad Tuscan Olive Grove tycoon, how are you? You got me, Dave. I speak up. You got me. What's happening? Jim, this 
$200 billion market cap company is best of breed among enterprise software companies. They reported strong Q1 results last May and reiterated similar forward guidance. For me, a no-brainer. But more importantly, Jim, your thoughts on Salesforce. Okay, so Salesforce, Dave, thank you for the kind words, is going to have its big Dreamforce meeting. I'm going to go out there and see it. The chapters are so as you know. Uh, we don't, we've owned it forever. I understand that every high multiple stock is coming down. We'll just have to see what they say. But, Dave, you know I like Salesforce, and I'm not backing away from it. Michael in Pennsylvania. Michael. Michael, speak to me. You got Kramer. Michael. Uh, yes. You hear me, Jim? Yeah, I'm there. What's up? Jim? Mm-hmm. Since this company reported earnings, uh, what, last week, it's done nothing but fall. Can you tell me when I should start buying more of SoFi? Look, I think SoFi's fine. I mean, they had a really good quarter. Obviously, the stock went up a lot. Uh, it's come back down. I, what can I say? I think Anthony Noto does a terrific job. It's still double from when we saw him at the, at the uh, CEO conference when we went to Santa Barbara. Okay, let's go to Bill in Connecticut. Bill! Hey, Jim. Thank you for taking my phone call. Of course. I'm a longtime fan. I started watching with my dad years ago. He's since there you passed, go. but I'm, I'm keeping on a family oh, tradition sorry. with my son. Okay, well, I'm so my sad. Stock, That's my what stock I want. today is American Airlines. Okay, we're not going to recommend the airlines right now other than Delta, which we think is having a very good quarter. And why are we doing that? We're cutting back on discretionary spend because we're getting a little nervous that people themselves are getting nervous because of how bad the stock market is and the bond market. Let's go to Carlos in Texas. Carlos. Jimmy Chill. Booyah to you, sir. Chill says hi. What's happening? I would like to get your wisdom on an RPA slash AI company. The company is UiPath. Is it a uh, one of those high model? That's one of those high multiple companies that I just think they're losing money. They're supposed to make money. Let's wait till they make some money. I mean, this stuff is just all just terrible right now. Let's go to Robert in New York. Robert. Hey, James. Uh, wanted to get your reaction to Dan Ives' article about Apple making a bid for Disney. And also, is it a yeah, good time to Yeah, I thought that was just nonsense. I mean, I love, I absolutely love Dan. He's a terrific guy. But I don't think there's going to be any mergers anywhere, anytime soon. Just sorry. Let's go to uh, John in Ohio. John. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Love your show. Oh, thank Jim, you. I'm a long-term investor, just so okay. you know for my question. Um, I've been accumulating draft teams for about three years. I've got a big position, and they had a blowout report. The earnings of the future looks great. They're best in class. There was some news with Penn and Disney, and I know Fanatics and all this, but it has gotten clobbered in the yeah, last Yeah, it has. Now, here's the problem. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, you got to hold. I mean, look, they're the dominant player. They're the number one. The only big problem, obviously, is, is that the market's bad. It, the stock went up huge, uh, but the company is great. It's going to start really doing incredibly well, making real money. And so they're probably going to say, buy some. Uh, buy some after this when the, when the oscillator hits minus five and a half. Club members get a discount on that oscillator uh, if you want it. Let's go to Angelo in New York. Angelo. Hi, Jim. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, I'm down 10 points. Are you still recommending GE Healthcare? You know, we talked about it today. We just think the stock is wrongly priced. We figure maybe GE selling a big stake. But I went on and on about it today with Jeff Marks. We cannot believe how poorly the stock acts. This, I can't, you know, look, I'm not saying I can't be this wrong because I've been wrong in my career. But I, there is just no reason for this stock to be selling this low after being at 87. It's now at 68. I think it's a terrific company. MRIs are going to be needed in order to be able to find out whether you're going to be able to get the Alzheimer's drugs that are coming out. 
There is a seller of just unbelievable proportions, and we will buy more using a scale, probably at 66 when I talk to Jeff tomorrow. Now, of course, we're frozen. Steve in Pennsylvania. Steve. Hey, Jim. Very satisfied club member. Excellent. Uh, shout out to my grandkids, Harrison and Bella. Hey, Jim, I've been suffering with Coke for the last few years. Is it worth holding for a 3% Yeah, look, dividend? I think it's got the 3% yield, and James Quincy's doing a good job. I'm not worried about Coke. There's a lot. There's like 400 other stocks I'm more worried about right now than Coca-Cola. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, tremors from China. And Kramer's sipping mezcal. Why so sanguine? We explain when Mad Money returns. When I hear about yet another crisis in China, all I can think is, been there, done that. Right now, they've got a problem with their shadow banking system, which exists beneath the more public but equally Byzantine state banking regime. So I'm being bombarded by missives from very smart people who tell me that this is the big one. Country Garden, a gigantic property development company, is on the brink of default, and that's causing dangerous ripple effects, including perhaps misdistributions at some large trust companies where many Chinese consumers keep their savings. Of course, almost two years ago, it was Evergrande, another failing Chinese real estate developer that was going to bring down the Chinese economy. And there have been other crises to sure in the interim. Somehow, the People's Republic of China has dubious distinction of being considered by many to be the most powerful country on Earth, but also, in the same breath, the shakiest financial system on Earth. Now, we're hearing that this failing real estate developer, Country Garden, which does sound like a terrific name for a magazine, is allegedly about to crush tens of millions of people's nest eggs, especially if there is an actual default. In this country, we can't imagine having money tied up in a failing enterprise and not doing everything in our power to get out before the crash. Many American commentators assume that China works the same way. But that's exactly where they're wrong. I don't know if the Chinese government has made it clear that those with money in trust with exposure to Country Garden, that they aren't going anywhere. That if they try to redeem, they'll become enemies of the state. But man, if I lived in China, I would not want to be the investor whose redemption has kicked off a financial crisis. Remember, we're talking about an authoritarian dictatorship that's only committed to free markets when it suits the regime. If the Communist Party decides it's your patriotic duty to stick with Country Garden and take the hit, well, you better take the hit. Hey, come on, that's better than taking a bullet, which could potentially be the alternative. Of course, now we're hearing that China's going to drag down the rest of the world, including us. But we've seen this movie before, and we know how it ends. See, I remember eight years ago when the Chinese stock market was crashing pretty much every day. That was going to bring us down. Just a gigantic rollover like our market during the financial crisis. A slow-moving train wreck that was going to take everything down with it. If you can imagine, every night at 9 p.m., we'd huddle over our screens and see how where the Chinese market would open, whether it would hold. I felt clued in simply because I was worried. I recall it well because I used to ruin whatever we were doing at night to check on China. It was so horrendous that one day my wife told me, just go to Bar San Miguel. Take your PC. Go there. That's the bar we used to own. And watch it from a high top and maybe go up in Moscow while you're friends. It was the strangest thing. Every night, China would go down, never holding for a minute. And then one day, when I was sitting at Mescal, it just stopped going down. It hit some level where the Chinese government said the people shouldn't sell anymore. We used to joke that it hit the 200-day moving average, and the, you know, and the president, she was really a technician. Uh, and that was that. The decline ended. It was over. I stopped sitting by Mescal, came back home. A lot's changed since then, including selling the bar because my wife created Fosforo, her own darn good Mescal brand. 
Federal rules say you can't own both a bar and a liquor company at the same time. It's a change. But the one thing that hasn't changed is that none of the people running China can be held accountable because it's not a democracy. If President Xi decides the problem's over, like he did with the stock market crash in 2015, then it's going to be over, even if he needs to send in the People's Liberation Army to calm things down. Of course, it would help if he just crunched these near-to-well institutions like our government did with the savings and loans in 1990 by creating a resolution trust and selling off all the properties. It wouldn't hurt if China cut rates to zero and did some quantitative easing. Instead, I think they'll just arrest the ne'er-do-wells who brought this one. But I can tell you what's not going to happen. China's not going to collapse. As big as those institutions are, and they're, they're big, they're not big enough to bring down the whole darn regime. Because if their ridiculous, patently crazy aversion to curing COVID with a lockdown and a bootleg vaccine didn't overturn the regime, believe me, this won't either. In that case, I think China plays out like it did in 2015. A good reason to have Mescal, but not a good reason to panic and sell all your U.S. stocks. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here at Man Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Oh, see you next time. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.